Today we're kicking off. Um, today we're kicking off a brand new series. Last, here's the deal. Our last series, real quick. Did that bless anybody? Big God. Okay, two, one person. I saw one head nod. Two thumb, one thumbs up and a hand raise. Okay, three of you got blessed. Good. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I go through a series because I think it's what you need to hear. Sometimes I go through a series because it's what I feel like I need to hear. And Big God was one of those that I really felt like I needed to dig into for me. And then I always try to just kind of let you obviously join in that. Um, but that idea of, of big God is really connected to how big, how big God is to you is going to shape the way in which your life kind of looks. So if you've got a really small God who can only do a certain amount of things, then you're going to think really small about a lot of stuff. If you've got a big God, because you know, you're convinced that's who he is from his word, then that's going to shape the way you look at life and the way you see different things. You're looking at basically two different lives, small God, big God. And I have a tendency to probably think smaller of God, even though I believe him to be the alpha and the omega and all of it all. I think my, my image sometimes of God is too small and so I wanted to just spend some time in it. Um, last week, I know I left, I left it heavy. Anybody just lost last week? It was, it was heavy last week. And I came pretty... I came heavy for a couple reasons. One, I want our church to be a church for atheists and agnostics and skeptics. And I never want someone who's in that particular boat to think we shy away from really hard stuff. The triune God. That's hard. It's impossible in some sense to understand. But there's things about that teaching that when taught actually begin to bring clarity to the Christian life and the Christian walk. Christology, which I kind of touched on the triune God, Trinity, and I also began to talk about uh, Christology or Christ. The word made flesh, why is that such a big deal for us today? Well, I, I, what I, my, my thought last week was that everything Christ receives in the flesh is done because he's already got it all, so why does he need to receive it again? Well, he receives those things on our behalf, and we become the recipients of those gifts from the Father to the Son. And so even today, as we walk up to the waters of baptism, we get to see that the, not, only, not only water, and, but because the water is with the Word, the promise, the Holy Spirit Himself is involved in this kind of baptism. And so we begin to see these incredible things taking place, and it's, it's, it's um, because our God is so big. So my prayer is, if you haven't connected with that series, go back on our, on our podcast, on Facebook, on YouTube. You can go to our website. Lots of places you can find um, what we've been teaching there. I almost feel like we ended one week too soon. There's part of me that wishes we'd have maybe gone another, but we're not. We're going to transition, partly because... This is another series that I really needed to hear. 
Uh, this is another one of those where it's almost like not even thinking about you guys, just thinking about me some more. Distracted. This is going to be our next series. And I think, I think this one, if big God didn't really hit you, this one is at least going to speak directly to your life. And it's a series that... Um, I think it's going to speak to the biggest danger in your life right now, potentially. So I, I, we're going to spend some time on this guy. Uh, so let's pray, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to have us do a little activity as a church, okay? So let's pray, and then we're going to dive into this. Well, real quick, if for those kids and stuff that have your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, you can start looking for that. That's going to be our thrust of this series although we're going to spend very little time in it today. Uh, but that's going to be the thrust of our series. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we just come to you now, knowing that last week was kind of heavy. Today is actually kind of more of a setup, Lord, for, for the things you want to teach us over the next couple weeks here. And uh, so I just pray that you would allow us somehow to be focused in on these words that we're about to hear. May our May our ears hear them, but even bigger than that, may our heart hear. May our heart kind of feel the vibration of these words, that it would change our heart and shape us, God, into the people you want us to be. Um, following you, following you. So, so bless this time now, please. Help me to communicate as clearly as I possibly can. But ultimately, may it not be about me. May it all, may, we've come to hear from you. We want to see Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, do you guys have a piece of paper and a little pencil? Do you guys have that? Does anybody need one? We can hook you up with one. Anybody need a piece of paper and a pencil? Raise your hand if you need one and we'll get you one. Anybody? Okay, everybody's kind of got one. You should have got one on the way in. Piece of paper and a pencil. The piece of paper, you got to write pretty small because we're going to make a list here, okay? So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up on the screen, this is just a little activity that I'm going to have us do. Those of you watching online, if you have a piece of paper and uh, a pencil or a pen, go ahead and grab that now. And what I'm going to do is I'm simply going to ask you this question, okay? What I want to ask you is what means more? What means more? And you're just going to write down one of the two words or phrases that I put on the screen. So the first one, what means more? I mean, kind of to you is kind of what I'm asking. What means more, house or a car? Now you write down house or car. You, you, you get to pick. House or car. You got to write small kind of here, and you can use the back of this too. That's totally fine. House or car? Eating at home or eating out? Write one of those down. Just put E-O or E-H. Um, what means more, watching TV or gardening? What means more, a laptop or an, your iPhone? I'm going to kind of go through fast here, okay? Job or vacation? Some of these are like softballs right across the plate, yo. Nobody even gets that reference. That's okay. 
Job or vacation? Uh, okay, next one here. Video games or a bike ride? Trying to engage some of the kids here a little bit. What means more? I got about 10 more. Football or baseball? Lawn mowed, dishes washed. Online, you guys doing it? School or weekend? Just write it down real fast. You know, you don't have to have good spelling or anything like that. Ring or necklace? I was trying to think of all you little girls. Evening or morning? Stick with me here. Keep up. Evening or morning? Oil changes or car wash? What means more? Sleeping or running? Two more. Music or silence? Inside or outside? What means more? Now what I want you to do is I want you to circle, I just want you to circle one, what means most? So go ahead and circle that. And then we're gonna yell out what you circled here in just a second. So circle, what means the most? Those of you online, you watching, what means the most? And on the count of three, are we pretty much ready? Yes. We good to go? Count of three, yell out online, type it in, or yell to your TV, whatever you want to do. <laughs> count of three, yell out your thing. One, two, three. Okay, so you got that thing. You got that thing that you yelled out. That's what means the most. How many of you, I'm just curious, and we're just going to try to try to really make you feel terrible here. How many of you wrote down God and circled it? What did she say? Oh, pray. Okay. Interesting. How many of you wrote down like Jesus and circled him? if we'd have given that as an option. Because we're real followers. This series, here's, here's the deal. Don't, don't feel too bad about this, but oh baby, did that go the way I was hoping it would. See, listen to this very, very carefully. The enemy doesn't give God as an option in your life. See, what he wants to do is get you focused on all this other stuff. And he's good at it. Most people on this planet are not anti-God. They're not saying things like, I hate God. Most people are just distracted. That's how the enemy works. He wants to distract us. And if he can get you to focus on anything else, how many of you put family down? 
None of the questions had family. None of the questions have friends. The enemy, John chapter 10, verse 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's said of the devil is that he's the liar of all lies. He, he's the father of lies. He's the liar. He's the one who's going to come and slip in all sorts of deception and deceit in your life. My prayer, my, my kind of prayer, is that this little, little thing that we just did would stick with you the rest of your life. I hope it just, I hope it just flicked your heart a touch to see how easy it can be, what means the most, what matters the most. And we'll, it's amazing how quickly this can begin to show us our idols. Now, I'm not coming after each of you. I'd have been tricked just like you were. What means the most? What means the most? The enemy will not give you <laughs> this picture of this forgiving, loving, almighty, all-powerful God as one of the options, that he loves you and cares for you, that he's gonna be with you for the, all of your days, that he has eternity, eternal life planned for you. He's not gonna give you that as an option. What he'd love to do is get you to think about how one thing might be more important than the other thing, but both of them are lesser than the things that are most important. How many of us get sucked in to the most crazy busyness of our life? We are so, we're so going 100 miles an hour. We got so much going on that we've actually lost track of. We've actually lost Focus on the things that mean the most. And isn't it true that it's so easy to do? I was thinking about maybe setting up you guys with a parable kind of of things. And I haven't even thought this through enough, but I was thinking a parable. I could, I could tell you a story about a little girl or something who, 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 who didn't get to go and talk to her dad because her dad is always on his phone or something like that. That's a parable that, that's so true for so many of us. I know myself included. And I'd begin to get so focused in on something like this that I'd lose focus on something like family. We all know this stuff is like, yeah, that, that's me. Or we focus on this more than this. And, and, and it can be a real struggle. That's why this series is one that I've been thinking about, honestly, all summer long. I knew I wanted to come with this series at some point to our church. Because what the enemy, what Satan will do is he slowly tweaks on us. He slowly works us down this path um, where we're distracted. And if I can do it to you in 10 seconds or less, and I've only been around for, well, 35, whatever it is, years, then the enemy who's been around for thousands of years and has been working against the church and hearts and lives, 
you don't think he's going to know how to start dealing with us? Like my dad recently told me, Seth, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. We so often, and it's because we've, we've lost sight of a biblical worldview, I think. We've made it into this idea, and we've kind of created Christianity in the West, but probably all over the world, into this idea where it's like the good and the bad. It's, it's like you're, you're a pretty good person or you're a pretty bad person, which really isn't even Christianity. It's moralism. And so we've kind of turned this into this, this idea where if you're really bad, like if we see your truck out at the strip club, then we're like, there's the terrible person going to hell. You know, and we're that person, you know, but, but me, I'm a pretty good person. And we, we lose track of the, the subtleties of sin and the way in which sin and the enemy work in subtle ways over long periods of time to slowly get you off course. This book, Crazy Busy, I've mentioned this before by a guy named Kevin DeYoung. I almost bought our whole church this book, but I didn't. I went with the hats instead. No, I just was like, I don't want to make this series about a book study. We're going to be in God's word. But I was like, this has been helpful for me in the past. But he talks about in one chapter, three different dangers that busyness can bring. Busyness has the danger to ruin our joy, to rob our hearts, and to cover over the rot in our lives, in our souls. And one of the texts he uses in this particular section around robbing our hearts is from Mark chapter 4. And Mark chapter 4, Jesus gives a parable of the sower with the seed. And he says the, the, this farmer goes out and sows seed on all this different ground. And some lands on rocky places and some lands where the birds are picking it up. And it's like, a, it's like the word that gets thrown out to somebody and the enemy just comes in and snatches it. That'd be the bird one. Or maybe like seed that falls on rocky, rocky soil where it kind of sprouts out. The roots come sprouting out really fast, but it doesn't, it doesn't have roots that go down, and so it quickly dies with the persecution or different things that happen in life. But then he mentions, in connected with this danger of, of busyness robbing our hearts, he uses this, this third little part where it's the, the seed gets thrown, but it gets thrown in amongst some of the thorns of life. And what does it say here in Mark chapter 4? Listen to what it says. And others are, are thrown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and they choke the word and it proves unfruitful. You ever been choked out? Anybody have siblings in here? <laughs> I got four brothers. You ever been choked out? You ever had, you know, that cho being choked out's no fun. But, but that's kind of the illustration here is, 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 is slowly over time, the enemy just starts to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until you're just not able to get any more air. You start to just, 
and then, you know, you end up passing out, and then if you were held long enough, you'd die. This is, that, that right there is what I'm after in this series. Not just in all of y'all, but in my own heart too. Am I being choked out? Can I be so quickly deceived into thinking that this is the most important thing? Whatever you circled. Now I realize that I was able to manipulate to make that happen. But isn't that exactly what the enemy is doing in our spiritual lives for all of eternity? You don't think he's thinking about stuff like that? Uh, I love this quote from Crazy Busy. He says this, if the worries of life don't swamp us, the upkeep will. Do you ever feel that? I went to Gander World this past weekend on my day off. I went, I went to Gander World, which is really annoying because did you see Gander or Camping World is now changing? They're not selling guns or ammo anymore. Oh, I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, no. Anyway, this is frustrating. Anyway, I went in there and the first thing I saw is this huge camper cover this huge cover you put over your camper. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what we have to do is when we get stuff, then we have all this stuff we have to upkeep it with, right? Then you got, okay, you got the camper, cool, but now you got to put the cover on it. And, and I don't have a camper, so okay, that one isn't directed at me, but I got a motorcycle, so now I got to change my oil in my motorcycle, which has actually been stressing me out because I got to get that done. And I got a little mini bike for the kids and I got to change the oil in that. And I got my lawn that I got to mow and I got to get my lawn mowed. And, and, and I got, you know, vehicles that I got to keep maintained and I got to keep all this stuff going. And I got uh, different parts, you know, I got to change the filter in the house. And I got all this stuff, not only getting it, but now keeping it. And I spend so much time and energy on some of that, which isn't terrible and sinful or something in and of itself. But I get concerned that it could potentially be robbing us and it could potentially be ruining our very souls. That's my prayer for you guys. Do you guys realize that? That's my biggest prayer for you as I've thought about our church. As I think about our church, those of you watching online, I think about how often I pray. What's my goal for our church? I'll tell you what my goal is. My goal is to take all of you, and I gotta be careful with my verbiage here, but just follow me. I want all of you to go to heaven. Like, I don't know if that sounds weird, but like when I pray, for, and I don't pray for all of you by name every day, but I try to pray for our church as a whole every day. My, one of my prayers so often is, God, if they don't have faith in their heart, please grant them the gift of faith. God, those who do have the gift of faith, please continue to strengthen that faith and let those roots of their faith grow deeper. God, may our church be drawn into your mission of, of connecting with neighbors and being on, on an adventure that's so much awesomer than what our world offers us. I pray that prayer for you so often, but at the end of the day, I pray, God, when, when they shut their eyes in death, may they receive eternal life. I want to shepherd us. And I, I get it. I'm not the one who saves you. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not the one who saves you. I'm not any of that. But I want to shepherd us as a church into eternal life with Christ and all the saints for all of eternity. That's what I want. And I see the enemy trying to choke that out of you. 
I see the enemy trying to distract us and get us focused on all the other stuff. And it's so easy to do. You're so fragile. I'm so fragile. He can get you to love your phone more than your kids. And he's done it for some of you. That's me too. I struggle with that. I'm not just saying that of all of you. I thought COVID might have helped us. I thought maybe COVID was going to help us with this problem. Because for a split second, I think it slowed us down. And I thought maybe our eyes could be open to it a little bit. But I think we're right back at it as busy as ever, I think. And maybe I'm not speaking to everybody there, but I know my life is. It's not, it's not the June 2020 anymore. You know, where everybody's just locked up and it was almost kind of nice. It's not that anymore. We're right back to the craziness. And I get nervous it might be choking us out. Now listen, really quick, because today's message is short. Because it's just setting up. But I want you to hear this. Busyness in and of itself isn't bad. In fact, you could argue Jesus was one of the busiest guys on the planet. Jesus was crazy busy. Busyness isn't bad. There's, you could almost argue some people need to be busier. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I could preach against laziness and stuff too in this world. Jesus gave us six days to work, one day to rest. It's interesting, we already have two now days of rest, or a lot of us do. Busyness isn't bad. Work isn't bad. Toil isn't bad. Those guys, okay. But notice that Jesus was different. Jesus was busy, but he wasn't distracted. Jesus doesn't get distracted from the things that matter most. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, really quick. Matthew 16, 23. Jesus is teaching the disciples that he's gonna have to go to the cross and die. And what does Peter say? Peter comes and says, no, 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 Jesus. You can't die, and I'm not gonna let it happen. What does Jesus say here? But he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Jesus would not let himself be distracted. Do you think Jesus wanted to die? He doesn't want to die. He's one of his best friends now is trying to convince him, hey man, I think we got enough followers and we got enough manpower. We could, we could stop this from happening. And, and Jesus sees, what he sees is the enemy behind that thinking, bringing him into a place that would try to distract him from what he needed to do. And all over scripture, especially the phrase, he sets, his, he sets his face to Jerusalem, which you can kind of go read about that in different places. He sets his face to Jerusalem um, in the gospels. It, Jesus is demonstrating he won't be distracted from what he needs to do. He's crazy busy. Jesus is healing people all over the place. Jesus is so tired and exhausted that he needs to take a nap in a boat when it's storming and crazy storm because he's so tired. Jesus is busy, but he's not distracted. Look at John chapter 6, verse 38. 
I just want you to see this. Another spot where Jesus speaks to this. For I have come down, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Your will be done. Jesus is saying here, this connects back to last week's message a little bit. Jesus is saying, I have come to do the will of my Father. I will go off on my own. I'll hear from him the things that he's speaking to me and then I'll go put those things into practice whether I like it or whether I don't. I've come to do the will of my father. He's busy, but he's not distracted. Are you distracted today? And there's so much to do. There's so much to do. I mean, just thinking of today, some of you, there's so much. How are we going to tackle this so that our souls, our very souls are protected through this life? How are we going to walk through this? One, we're going to rely on Jesus who was not distracted. He went to the cross for you and for me. He suffered hell for us even when he was tempted to not do that. And he did the will of his father. He did that perfectly for you and for me because we can't. We will be this fragile. Even if on the end of this series, we kind of get our, okay, I'm ramped back up again. Well, guess what? I could do this series in two years from now and you'd be in the same place. That's the fragileness of our human hearts. This is why being in God's word and, 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 and it, we, it's a regular thing. We need to continue to feed on this. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to keep praying for each other. Will you make a commitment to pray for our church and be praying for each other? Why? Because people are going to hell and because people are being choked out and because people's spiritual lives are on the line. Not because our God is not victorious, he is, but so often we begin to not let our roots go deep. We begin to not focus in on Jesus and what, following him, but instead we begin, to, we begin to go to the other stuff of the world. And, and we don't even mean to. Everybody, I just think of all the people in the whole world that will one day bow before God when they see him in the bigness and hugeness of who he is. None of them will be like, well... If you'd have given me that as an option, God, of course. Do you see that? That's how it's all going to go down. Every single, one of, every single one of us will say, well, of course, God. Everybody, the most atheist of them all, is going to at some point say, well, okay, of course, that and the enemy continues to distract us because that's the offer Jesus is saying I've went to the cross for you I died for you this incredible being two, two Sundays ago when I preached my funeral tax remember when I told you that I preached what I won't preach at my funeral at least right now it could change but I just I remember thinking this incredible being, he died for you and for me. Grace, mercy, forgiveness offered now, today, for you. 
Okay, I want to read. If you kids got your Bibles out, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is what we're going to... Now, I want to be careful because I don't want to turn this into four weeks or five weeks or whatever it ends up being of kind of moralistic thinking again and a focus on you. This is why it's all going to be rooted in the cross. It's all going to be rooted in grace. It's all going to be rooted in God and what he's doing for you. But I do want us to notice what the early church devoted themselves to. One verse. This is going to be the thrust. This is what I've just seen coming together that I think our church needs to hear. This is 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. Pentecost happens. 3,000 people get baptized that day. Peter says, this isn't just for you, but this is for all your children who are far off. That's why we're totally fine baptizing and we're totally fine saying things like the Holy Spirit is promised in that because Peter says so in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. But here in verse 42 this new church that's being formed, listen to what it says. And they, the disciples, these new Christians, and they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching, fellowship, I'm going to bring up the Greek word there, koinonia, which some of you have heard, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and we're going to talk about how that's part of communion, but also uh, fellowship, uh, lunch. Some of you will go to lunch today. It's part of that too. It's both. And the prayers. They devoted themselves to these things. Let's talk about that over these next couple of weeks because you guys are crazy distracted. I know I am. Let's pray. Lord, we want our hearts to be focused we want our hearts to be focused. And um, we recognize how easy it is for us to be distracted, even if it's just through trickery. As, as I think, God, as I think of how the enemy tricked Eve, did God really say? He's so sneaky, he's such a liar. He's such a thief. He's such a killer of people's souls. And God, our own hearts are, are, are beating in a way that we understand how, how fragile we are. And so we need you, God. Please help us with this. We're distracted about so many different things and we want to be focused in on you. We want to be devoted to the things that you see as most important. It's not that the other stuff's... We still got to get our oil changed, God. We, we're going to get our oil changed, and that's okay. That's a good thing. We're still going to play video games, and that's okay. You can play video games. That's not bad. But God, help us to, help us to make sure that we're, you know, just like loving you more than anything else and loving our neighbor second. And maybe loving video games like... 372nd. But even that priority thing, God, just 
even I, I help us in that, Lord, that we wouldn't see it even just so much as priorities, but see how you are everything. And when we are in you, then the rest of it is just, it flows out of that. And then you lead and you guide us. So help us with this series, Lord. Forgive us for our sin. For, forgive us for our idols. The things that we maybe circled, but maybe maybe some of us it was just circled because we're just doing the motions. But maybe some of us circle it because it really is the most important thing in my life. Forgive us for that, Lord. Heal us from that. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit with that. We pray this boldly in Jesus' name. Amen.